Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers. And ladies and gentlemen, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful. Did I say peaceful? Yes, you bureaucrats and professional do-gooders that think we're violent. I said peaceful, and we mean it. Absolutely, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're not the greatest country on the face of the earth over racial or any other divide ideas. We are the greatest country on the face of the earth because we acknowledge God Almighty above government. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. And we don't, you know what, dive into the keys to theology to divide on religion. We just simply say there's a greater source of power than, God, than government. It is God. And we uh, believe that if we keep the commandments of God, as promised biblically, he will heal our land and he will protect us. So let's start to turn to God. Let's realize we're all the children of God, and let's start to act like it. And if we peacefully work together, oh, boy, the wonderful things we can accomplish, huh? It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled, we're taking America back, one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. So I got Thursday's recap, and then we'll launch into the news the networks refuse to use. As you know, we are live six days a week on the Sabbath. We rest. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, would you please? Yesterday, we had our guest on, Mr. Eldon Stahl, and he's the field coordinator for the John Birch Society, jbs.org, thenewamerican.com. And we also had our guest on, Mr. Brian Rust, rustcoinandgift.com. Over the past 50 years, rustcoinandgift.com has helped people understand and purchase in a safe way precious metals, encouraging people to take delivery of their metals, I might add. Rustcoinandgift.com, spread the word. We had an Honest Money Report gold and silver update. Yesterday, gold was at 1791 silver at 2725 Now, it's interesting. Silver spot is at $27.25. But to get a modern, or I should say a 2021, silver, eagle, silver dollar that says $1 on it from the United States Treasury costs 39 bucks right now. Isn't that interesting? 39 paper dollars to one <clears throat> silver, eagle, silver dollar. Somebody ought to be sued over that. Uh, will the real dollar, will the real Slim Shady please stand up, the fake paper one or the real silver one? The government prints the dollar through the Federal Reserve. Yeah, no, it's not part of government, folks. Banking private cartel. But anyway, we allow them to print a dollar, and then we mint a dollar at the Treasury, and we put them both out and say they're both a dollar, except it takes 39 paper ones to buy one silver one, right? Um, so I'm saying, is the government peddling fake news? And who's going to be arrested over that dishonest lie? Which one's the real dollar? Will the real dollar please stand up? That's why 
every week with Brian Rust, RustCreditGift.com. We have the Honest Money Report. Let's just be honest. A silver eagle, silver dollar is a real dollar. The fake dollars, which we've been using for decades, have continued to devalue to the point where now it takes 39 of them to buy $1. Isn't that a shame? Governor Spencer Cox, good news, signs into law allowing concealed carry in the state of Utah without a permit or a license or whatever you want to call it. So now Utah becomes the 17th constitutional carry state. Amen. Good work, people. Thank you. We do win once in a while. That's correct. Once in a while we do win when good Americans stand together for the sacred cause of liberty. Rush Limbaugh dies at age 70 following a year-long battle with lung cancer. Sad day for Rush and his family. Sad day for America. Was Rush a perfect talk show host? No, I think he should have been a little more hard-hitting in the news. He openly admitted that at one point he was the water boy for the Republican Party. That's of concern. But you know what? He started out as a tremendous talk show host, tremendous talent. And the older he got, the more he came back to his roots. And he did talk about, in his last days on this earth, God, family, and country, and good for Rush for doing it. We also talked about Black History Month, also known as African American History Month. It's an annual celebration of achievements by black Americans and their well, their central role and contributions to history. Now, I don't have any problem with celebrating, celebrating Black History Month, uh, although I think we ought to celebrate, uh, celebrate everybody's culture. You know, black people, Mexican people. Um, uh, Asian people, I don't, I don't care what um, ethnicity you are. I think we all ought to celebrate it and learn about it and eat the foods of and learn about the traditions of, and that's all good. My problem is when they turn it into propaganda month, right? Like telling you that I have a collar around my neck and act like a slave so that I can know what it's like or do some type of retributions or sometimes I have to supposedly pay back money, reparations and all this kind of, it's bogus. Why continue to further divide? Why not stand together tall as the American people and celebrate everybody's culture, everybody's heritage, and have respect for one another? Interestingly enough, while it's Black History Month and my rejection of the divide that continues in America over this month, we ought to celebrate and unite and work together as, uh, you know, in a civility idea. We ought to be civil to one another. It's also Random Act of Kindness Day. Two days ago on September 17th, I mean on February 17th, 2021, Random Act of Kindness Day. I don't know if you know, but it's also February's Random Act of Kindness Month and National Kindness Month, Planned Acts of Kindness. So if you put Black History Month and Kindness Month together, we wouldn't run around and blame white people. We wouldn't run around and, you know, all we'd do is simply say, you know what, there's some bad history that we never want to repeat. Let's work together, ladies and gentlemen, going forward as the American people. We're all God's children. Let's behave like it. Treat one another kindly. World Kindness Day, believe it or not, is a day also. It was started in 1998 by the World Kindness Movement. Believe it or not, it's November 13th where people all around the world celebrate that day. So all I'm telling you is kindness is a good thing. But if you look at Black History Month and Kindness Month together, we might actually look forward with faith as the American people and stand shoulder to shoulder uh, and make America a better place. And then do our very best to export those ideas of Christianity and God's over government and freedom of speech and the importance of with rights come responsibility and self-governance and everything else. We could educate the world about that. And then we could make all these other countries. Yeah. We could make all these other countries great too. And then it might be hard for us to say we're the greatest country on the planet would have a battle for 
whoever is the greatest, not greatest by supremacy, but greatest by serving God Almighty and reaping the incredible blessings to be had when one does such a thing, right? I love it. All right, second hour, we talked about Biden to Congress. He's enacting major restrictions on constitutionally protected Second Amendment rights. Today, I'm calling on Congress to enact common sense gun law reforms, including requiring background checks on all gun sales, banning assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, and eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Biden's off the rails. There's a book out called Death by Gun Control, The Human Cost of Victim Disarmament. Aaron S. Zellman wrote the book, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership is who wrote that book. Incredible book. Highlights reality around the world. Whenever the people are disarmed, it is disaster. Did I say disaster? Well, I should say it again. It's disaster, folks. Joe Biden is coming for your guns. Chuck Baldwin. Incredible column written by Chuck Baldwin at ChuckBaldwinLive.com. It's also up on LibertyRoundTable.com now. Joe Biden is coming for your guns. And he lays out 20 things Joe Biden's trying to do to violate your right to keep and bear arms. And he says, in the year of 2021, turn off your boob tube, get engaged, because you better defend your gun rights now or you are going to lose them, is the point of Chuck Baldwin's incredible column. We talked about that in great detail. Leftists in power. What can constitutionalists do now? An incredible article in thenewamerican.com, by the way. Reject the con-con and term limits. Embrace nullification slash interposition slash anti-commandeering. Amen. Restore election integrity. Count or concentrate on the House of Representatives. Organize for liberty. The proper value of proper education and relevant organized action. We talked about that with Eldon Stahl in great detail. And that rounds out both hours of yesterday's broadcast. The summary always on tap the next day to make it easy for you to go back and look at the show notes. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. It allows you to be reminded of a, something you want to spread the word to your neighbor and tell them about. It also gives you an opportunity when you see the show notes. Remember, the show notes are generally in order of what we talk about, right? So if you see something in the second hour, don't listen to the first hour, right? If you see something at the bottom of the first hour notes at the end, it's probably not at the start of the program. Got it? So the idea is you use the notes to kind of generally hone in on the topic of interest. And that way, ladies and gentlemen, we help you pick the topics that you want and listen to the relevant audio. If you're too busy to listen to both hours every single day, you know, that's two hours a day, six days a week, a lot of radio, right? This allows you, my fellow Americans, to select what you want to listen to. Yeah, that's how we roll on this radio broadcast, man. Hard-hitting, direct. We have an agenda. We don't play games like we don't. Our agenda is God, family, and country. Our agenda is to protect life, liberty, and property. Does it get better than that? I think not. The one and only Liberty Roundtable Live continues in seconds with Lowell Nelson. CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians 
and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Live and on your radio, always talking about the sacred cause of liberty. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org. Welcome back to the broadcast, my friend. Thank you, Sam. Good to be with you. There's so much to talk about. Ron Paul responds to reports that President Joe Biden, I really cringe to call him president, by the way, might restrict interstate Interstate travel, I guess the idea would be because of the cocoa. Is that the idea, uh, Lol? Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, you uh-huh. know, Sam, uh, over the uh, commercial break, I, I read and reread, uh, well, I read for the first time because you mentioned it in the summary of, of yesterday's show, Chuck Baldwin's great article about, you know, Biden's coming through your guns. And smack in the middle of the article, he writes this. Um, you know, you say it can't happen here, really, <laughs> he asks. This time last year, you would have said that government agencies closing churches, shuttering businesses, mandating forced isolations of healthy people, restricting travel, dictating personal health care, forcing elderly people to suffer and die alone and away from their families, being treated no better than convicted felons serving life sentences in maximum security prisons, could not happen here either. (laughs) I mean, that's... uh, But it did happen here, he says. I mean... And so you look at what we have allowed to happen. Not, not only did it happen here, Lowell, but it happened in the flash of an eye. I mean, it, boom. It didn't just slowly come on us. It was like instant, too. Let's make very clear that point. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. And, and so uh, I, I love the sentiment here. We have, to, we have to oppose these things. And, you know, that's what you know, uh, Ron Paul is saying we need to do if, if Biden thinks he wants to restrict interstate travel. And that would be the 
president, what's he going to do to, to restrict travel? Is he going to militarize state lines? Is he going to send in the troops and have them, you know, deploy and to, to disallow, you know, citizens to travel into and from Florida? Is, is he going to go that far? I mean, what, what, what does he have in mind, right? Is he going to ask U.S. troops to keep, you know, people from Texas from vacationing at Disney World? I mean, this is ludicrous. This is, this is bizarre. But just think of what, you know, a year ago, we would have thought it bizarre that, that uh, you know, people would have, you know, have to stay at home and, and die in, in, uh, in solitude, away from their families. We would have thought it weird that, that uh, you know, we, uh, we would have to wear a mask around the country to, to freely go about the country, have to wear a mask and or, you know, get a shot or something like that. I just, it's just unthinkable. And, and here we stand on the cusp of another year, 2021, right? What are we going to do this year to make sure that we don't lose any more liberty? Well, you know, Ron Paul does what you do, Sam, and that's he speaks out. You know, he sees government doing something, and he speaks up. He stands up and he speaks out so that there are people around him know uh, what's happening, and, and they see his courage, they see your courage in the way you speak out, and that means that enables it, empowers them to do something to themselves stand up and speak out. And so I love that about Liberty Roundtable and about, about Ron Paul. He says, restrictions on interstate travel would be ineffective in stopping the spread of coronavirus. Even the World Health Organization has admitted lockdowns do not stop the spread of the cocoa. However, lockdowns are effective at increasing rates of depression, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, domestic violence, and suicides. And so you know, hey, Lowell, that maybe question? that's their goal. Yeah. yeah, you have to ask the question, you know. I mean, I don't uh, mean to be rude. What? I'm just saying if they continue to persist in this and we know and have more and more and more mounting evidence that that is that that are the results, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Those are the results. Then you know what? Why persist? Why triple down? Why not stop and go, you know what? We're learning about this thing. Uh, early on, we really wanted to be careful. We thought it was the answer. We now realize there's a better way forward. Um, if you're honorable, that's what you would do. You would correct course and say, you know what? There's a better way. We're going to embrace it. I know you can look at us and say, well, we were wrong and whatever. We're not interested in debating this. We're interested in doing the right thing at the right time for everybody. And okay, but they're tripling down on this dumb science that's not scientific at all um, that lies to people. And, and they need to jettison that narrative immediately. And the sooner the better. And the longer they hold on to it, the less credibility they have. It's amazing how they just insist they're going to lose because the truth comes out, Lowell. Yeah. And, and a lot of it comes out because of alternative media sites just like this one, Sam, because of your show and shows like yours, the, the truth is coming out. You know, and I look at DeSantis, what he's doing as the Florida governor. I mean, he's he's actually, you know, saying, you know, we're we're going to be free down here in Florida. I mean, I'm not sure if that's what he's saying, but he's probably more free than a lot of the states. Yeah, that is that is the summary, though. He is standing up. He even says Joe Biden thinks I'm going to roll over. Not going to happen. And you know what? I commend Ron DeSantis for that statement. You know what? Good for him. It's not he he needs the support for the people though. But he's, he's trending in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. Right. And so we citizens, we have to support public officials, public servants who will stand up and speak out against the untruths that are being spun.
over us. You know, we have to let our elected um, uh, legislators, our county sheriffs, our county clerks, they need to know how we feel. And so I know pretty much, you know, we're speaking to a pretty act, politically active audience here. I, I assume we are. And, you know, they need to know you by name. <laughs> they need to know how you feel about stuff. You know, I'm, I'm in contact with my legislator a lot during the legislative session, and I hope that you are too, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Ron Paul ends his column down here. He talks about the statistics that show which uh, the states that have enacted mandatory lockdowns have higher rates of coronavirus infection than states whose governors have not forced businesses to close and people to shelter in place. One of the states that has not experienced a massive coronavirus outbreak despite not locking down is Florida. He actually mentions the state of Florida, and, and for good reason. It's the state most likely to be targeted by any federal order restricting interstate travel. And the interesting thing about that, Sam, is that Florida contains probably more older people per capita than most other states, maybe not as many as New York, but, but Florida is one of the places that old people go to, um, uh, to retire, you know, and, and to uh, live out the, their golden years, basically. And so if there's any state that's most susceptible, right, to the, the coronavirus and to dying from it, it would be Florida because they have so many older people there. And what are they doing? They are standing up. They're saying, you know, we're not going to hunker down and huddle up and, and die. You know, we're going to be free. If we, if we die in freedom, so be it. I mean, that, that death is part of life. So let's just, you know, get on with it. So I, I really love his, the, uh, the attitude that he's taking there in Florida. And I don't know what Biden is thinking with, you know, when he is threatening to restrict interstate travel to and from Florida. But, Lord, by golly, we need to stand up against this and speak out against any type of restriction on travel. I mean, it just reminds me of, like, the Department of Homeland Security, comrade. You know, give, let's see your papers, please. Um, well, that's what it reminds me of. Nazi Germany, when they had to have papers in order to move, you know, about their country, Sam. And, you know, we say it can't happen here. Chuck Baldwin asked, you know, can it happen here? Well, it has happened here. Just look at 2020. We can't let this go any further in 2021, Sam. And that makes the point that Chuck Baldwin was saying is, listen, in 2021, ladies and gentlemen, you better double down, turn off the boob to and defend your Second Amendment rights or you are going to lose them. They're coming, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, it's like, you know, hey, the quarterback is under attack, so to speak. They're on a blitz. They're going to try and take the Second Amendment out if they can. And we've got to jettison that narrative. Ron Paul finishes and says, if President Biden, I hate to call him president, if Joe were to issue such an order, it would be the most tyrannical act of any president ever. This would further damage the economy and seriously hurt the American people. Amen to that reality check. Jacob Hornberger doubles down, though, and illustrates kind of what they're doing to all of us, too, in an effort to shut us down, whether it be travel restrictions, whether it be stay-at-home orders. I don't know what you know order would be next or what latest uh, assault none of these come from legislative bodies they come from bureaucrats executives on high uh governors uh the president etc and the anti-terrorism screws tighten on the american people says jacob hornberger and this is really what's happening anytime you defy anything they say then they want to act like you're somehow the new terrorist 
a domestic threat. And the anti-terrorism label becomes the order of the day. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, comments on that in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Republican South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster signed a bill into law on Thursday banning most abortions in the state. The South Carolina House passed the bill by a 79-35 vote on Wednesday and gave final approval in a second vote on Thursday. Planned Parenthood filed a lawsuit in response effectively delaying the measure from going into effect immediately. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told CNBC Thursday that President Biden will probably phase in his proposed tax increases slowly over time. Yellen said that the tax hikes would likely come as part of a larger package of legislation sometime in 2021. That's not confirmed. Perseverance safely on the surface of Mars. NASA's science rover Perseverance, the most advanced astrobiology laboratory ever sent to another world, streaked through the Martian atmosphere on Thursday and landed safely on the floor of a vast crater. USA Radio News. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money. Whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Experts at AccuWeather have been estimating the economic losses from the winter storms across the country. USA Radio News' John Clemens has more. That economic impact has been exasperated by the lingering pandemic, coupled with record cold readings that have pushed all the way to the Gulf Coast. Jonathan Porter of AccuWeather tells us the economic loss is at $50 billion. Impacts to property damage, uh, which has been quite substantial, from frozen pipes and a variety of other impacts, food spoilage, wage losses, uh, travel impacts, damage to infrastructure, increased heating and oil costs due to supply shortages, as well as issues with uh, supply chain and transportation of product. Very serious disaster on top of others. From the USA Radio News, Texas Bureau. I'm John Clemens. NASCAR has a road course Sunday. The O'Reilly Auto Parts 253 at Daytona starts at 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox and MRN. This is USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always. 
when you're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word and tell your neighbor. By the way, LovingLiberty.net has uh, Android and iPhone apps to download. They're free, and it lets you listen to live and on-demand radio at your fingertips. Pretty delightful. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, with me riding shotgun on your radio today. And um, the anti-terrorism screws tighten on the American people. Uh, Jacob Hornberger writes this incredible column. Really, they're basically anything they don't like, anything where you have a different view, a different opinion, a different, you know, idea than they do. And now they're basically saying you're a domestic threat. You're a, literally a terrorist, lol. Even to the Christian leaders that aren't even very political, they're saying that. <laughs> yes, they are. You know, Hern Hornberger has, has been a longtime critic of the uh, U.S. administration, uh, particularly the executives, uh, because, you know, and all the agencies that, uh, that take away your freedoms and that demand compliance with their policies and so forth. Uh, he, so in his article here, posted at ronpaulinstitute.org, he traces the events of history that led to the creation of the Department of Homeland Security. And that, that name is a chilling name because it mentions homeland. When I was a kid growing up, Sam, you know, and I'd hear about uh, Germany, and you know, that's kind of the, 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 the Nazi Germany. They had, they had a fatherland. They had a homeland, basically. You know, and, and the Nazis would um, make the people swear obedience, you know, to the, to the homeland, to the fatherland. And when, when this department was created back in 2001 or two, it's been about 20 years, that was the feeling that I had. Uh, that what, what in the world do they have planned for us here in, in America? Are they going to do here what they did in Nazi Germany? And I, 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 I'm straying from the article. This is not what Hornberger wrote, but I'm just thinking BTW? how loud Sam. VTW uh, uh, yeah. lull. It was done yeah. by the Republicans. Let's be clear. Yeah, you're exactly right. And 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 wasn't there an actress? Uh, it was the actress that starred in the um, the Disney Plus movie called uh, the Lanorium uh, or Vanorium or something. What was her name? Corona, Karina, Corona. Anyway, this, this they they booted her because she likened. You know, she looked at the similarities between what we're doing here now in America about the hate that's dividing us and the hate that divided Germany and the destruction that fell upon the Jews because of that division. Not the, you know, Hitler got people in Germany to hate um, the Jews who lived in Germany for, for almost no reason at all. And, and look what happened to the Jews in, in, in Nazi Germany, right? They were, they were slaughtered by the millions. And what are we doing here in America uh, to, to do the very same thing? We're dividing. You know, we're letting ourselves be divided by hate. Um, and, you know, domestic terrorists, we're being called domestic terrorists. And so we're going to get a lot of people hating one another here in America. It's just that it's going to be easy for, you know, the... the the forces of, of evil to tear us apart and to you know, slaughter us as well if, if we continue to hate. And so, hey, you know, they, hey, hey, I, I think, my friend, you are engaging in incitement. <laughs> yeah, that may well be. Um, but anyway, I guess we need to get back to Hornberger's article. But, but yeah, that's, that's what we're going up against here. Uh, anyway, he says during the Cold War, over four decades long, mind you, the U.S. administration drove us because of our fear of the Reds. 
you know, when I grew up, that was the big fear, the Cold War, where fear that the Soviets were going to, you know, launch a nuclear missile and we're going to have mutually assured destruction, we're going to blow the planet apart. That was the fear that led the policies, that drove the policies of the U.S. administration back in the, you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s when I was growing up. And as John Adams said, paraphrasing, fear is the foundation of, uh, of every tyrannical government, of every government at all, probably. Fear is its foundation. Well, without the Reds, you know, when that fell apart in 1989, when the, when the wall came down, right, the U.S. needed another or a new boogeyman. And that's where I, I love Hornberger's article where he's, he's talking about the boogeyman because the government needs, uh, 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 you know, a boogeyman out there, a bad guy, in order to, to, to generate the fear that, to drive us away from our freedoms. And so the U.S. administration, they intervened in the Middle East to stir up a new boogeyman. They invented the, this new boogeyman, and they called it what? They called it terrorism, right, terrorists. We need to be afraid uh, of the uh, Islamic terrorists. Um, and, and so this one article, I'm sorry, this one paragraph, I, I have to quote this, this one paragraph, Sammy says, and this is, again, quoting Hornberger in his article from ronpaulinstitute.org. He says this, They intervened in the Persian Gulf War against their old partner and ally, Iraqi President Saddam Hussein, killing countless Iraqis in the process. They intentionally destroyed Iraq's water and sewage treatment facilities, knowing that this would help spread illnesses with the Iraq, or within the Iraqi populace. They imposed one of the most brutal sanctions regimes in history and enforced them for 11 years. In 1996, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Madeleine Albright publicly declared that the death of half a million Iraqi children from the sanctions were worth it. They stationed U.S. troops near Islamic holy lands, knowing full well what the reaction would be among devout Muslims. They provided unconditional support to the Israeli government, end of quote. And so that's what they did to stir trouble up in the Middle East. And, and the result was very predictable, Sam. This was all by design. It was the blowback. The blowback, meaning the 1993 attack on the World Trade Center, the terrorist attacks on the USS Cole and on the U.S. embassies in East Africa, and then came 9-11, which was an inside job, which heightened our fear of terrorism and helped to justify the U.S. war against, uh, you know, terrorism. So, anyway, that's... Now all you got to do is you know, toss in a little cocoa, toss in a little global warming, and voila, you could take it domestic, my friend. <laughs> that's right. So what do we have now? We have this perpetual war on terrorism right alongside the perpetual war on drugs, the perpetual war on poverty. You know, we've, I think there's some, some 17 declared wars right now. The U.S. Uh, presidents have declared war on, you know, the war on uh, income inequality, for example. All of these wars. And uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm declaring a we... war hey, are you? on lies. <laughs> A war on lies, yes. Well, uh, it'd be good on you, Sam, for doing that. But that's how we got the Department of Homeland Security here in the United States. Its its job is supposedly to protect us from from terrorism and terrorists, and and but now they're pointing the guns inward. They're going to protect us against domestic terrorists, Sam. About 
people that uh, incite insurrection, people who speak out, you know, uh, speak up for liberty, speak up for the Constitution, they're going to label you um, a domestic terrorist and just take you down, Sam. And that's why I joked and said you're, you're, you're guilty of incitement here because the next article, Peter Van Buren writes, and this is the headline, incitement is the new terrorism. It doesn't matter what you say if they don't like it. It's dubbed incitement. Thus, incitement equals, you know, it's like on the board when you're a little kid in math, right? And they write up their incitement and then equals and then terrorism. It's like, oh, okay. But see, these are the lies they're spinning, Lowell. Yeah, and, and this is a thought, a new thought for me. I, you know, I had no idea that January 6th would be become this new 9-11, but that's the essence of what, what Peter Van Buren is saying. It's the springboard upon which the new uh, terrorism is, is, it was, has, has been launched, right? I mean, they're going to refer to January 6th for the next five or ten years. At least that's what Peter Van Buren supposes just like we have referred to 9-11 for the past 20 years. Um, you know, the, the prime mover of a whole new range of crimes, incitement will become this generation's version of material support to terrorism, meaning the complex legal definition will be massaged in the name of safety so that it will become a not real crime based on the flexibility of, world, of a word that will mean whatever the deep state wants it to mean in any particular scenario. Right. So the kid in his bedroom, I, I love this paragraph, he writes, so the kid in his bedroom chatting online will be talking to a Fed pretending to be a white supremacist instead of pretending to be ISIS. See how that switch happens? You know, like in the past 20 years, people have pretended to be ISIS in order to trap, uh, entrap, you know, American citizens. Well, now they're going to be pretending to be white supremacists to trap these kids. The kids are read for incitement. Those social media messages supposedly about white supremacy will be played across the news, and they'll post, and, and just like post 9-11, they'll add fuel to the fire, Sam, calling for more... Ladies and gentlemen, if I tell you that I'm not a lover, I'm not a fighter, I'm a lover like Michael Jackson on Black History Month, then am, am I inciting love and kindness and prosperity for all? I sure hope so. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How many times do I have to tell you? I swear, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Don't you understand English? Your children are probably too polite to tell you. Hello? Those things on the side of your head aren't turnips? 
but they get just as frustrated when you won't listen to them as you do when they won't listen to you. Do I need to speak slower? In fact, few things show children how much they're valued and respected more than a parent's willingness to listen. Tell me what she did at work today. Studies show when parents listen, children develop better listening skills themselves. They also tend to have more self-confidence and are more likely to avoid alcohol and drugs. Now sit down here and tell me all about it. When you really listen, love is what they'll hear. Thank you for sharing that with me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I just got a question. If you can incite hate and violence, can you incite love and kindness and prosperity and stability and, and unity and civility? Is that possible, Lil Nelson? Absolutely possible, Sam. I'm, I'm thinking back to what President Russell M. Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints did about, oh, it's been two or three months ago, but he said that all this week, let's uh, do a hashtag uh, kindness. Uh, or something like that. I don't remember the exact details, but um, I think it spread worldwide. I think they were, they were I think, you know, the love and the kindness. Uh, and By the way, it was, was at Christmas time, uh-huh. and it was called hashtag give thanks. Give thanks, that was it. Yeah, and didn't that have a big impact, I think, on social media? I think that was the biggest trending topic uh, on social media that week, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Those who want to create the incitement of violence and those who want to turn us all into terrorists didn't like that too much, did they? <laughs> I think it sort of thwarted their plans for a week. It probably set them back a few few months. Uh, so, yeah, we can make a big difference uh, in inciting violence. We, we have to talk more about love and kindness and and uh, being, being generous with our time, serving one another because then uh, we'll be spreading love. I, I think it's a great idea. We should incite love um, by the way we do, what we talk about, and, and, uh, and how we behave ourselves, Sam. Great idea. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this incitement is the new terrorism by Peter Van Vier, an incredible article, by the way. To wrap up that kind of piece and discussion, you know, they're literally now taking your free speech and putting that on the altar. And kind of like a book burning of yesteryear, they're literally trying to light that sucker on fire to say, you don't really have that. Because if you do, you know what, you might possibly encourage someone to do something somewhere, somehow that, well, violates the law. You know, there's a book written a long time ago about everybody's a felon and they don't even know it. Every day you commit felonies because there's so many laws. There's a gazillion commandments on the book, so to speak. And the idea was that, you know, every time you're violating laws, you just can't help it by existing in society. And we need to go back to self-governance, self-government, where people obey God's laws, moral, moral law, and, and based on governing values, decide to say, you know what, I'm going to live according to the Ten Commandments and God's law. And pretty soon, if people are self-governed, you don't need a gazillion commandments and laws. But they're literally putting free speech in the uh, – they're tossing it onto the fire, if you will. Or another way to say it is they're putting it in the crosshairs. They want to take away your free speech. They just want to make you so paranoid that you'll say something or do something that might be considered incitement, might be considered, and then we go off to the races. It's kind of like how whenever they arrest somebody, they don't just say you're a citizen with God-given inalienable rights and constitutional protections. They say, well, by golly, you, my friend, 
<clears throat> you're an enemy combatant. And now all bets are off in terms of due process and accountability and, and, and a speedy trial and all the protections that the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, affords you by nature and that the Bill of Rights simply would guarantee in yesteryear, now we're all on the altar of, well, you're an enemy combatant, by golly. You um, are, well, we got to have anti-terrorism. You're a terrorist. You're uh, committing incitement. You and, and then they go off the rails to this extreme uh, ideology that puts you in the enemy camp every time. And we've got to call a halt to that, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to be, we've got to be truth tellers. We've got to say, you know what, that isn't right. That isn't true at all. Well, there's a column, by the way, that's written by Dr. Joseph Mercola. And um, I don't think he's inciting violence, but they could say that he is creating incitement on this one for sure, Lowell. <laughs> uh, they certainly could. And see, that's the, the, uh, the magic, so to speak, in uh, declaring that domestic terrorism is the new uh, terrorism, right? Incitement is the new terrorism. The, the magic behind that shift in thought is that whereas before their guns were pointed outward, so to speak, they were pointed at, at, um, at terrorists which were external to the U.S., meaning terrorists in the Middle East, um, and, and towards you know, people in, within the country who might be aiding and abetting those terrorists. Um, now, if they, can, if they can make incitement the new terrorism, then they can point their guns inward at, at more American citizens because now it's not just the external terrorists, those from the Middle East, who pose a danger and a threat to the regime here. It's the, it's the white uh, supremacists among us. It's those who speak out about uh, the violation of their rights. It, it's about people who believe in the Bible and p- people who believe in the Constitution. Um, and so, and that that includes a lot of Americans. That's like what pointing the guns at fifty to to eighty five million Americans. Anybody who supported Trump, because Trump supported, you know, he incited violence. He's a terrorist, and so anybody who supports him must be a terrorist as well. Um, and so that's how. See how this is? It's devilish. This new this new paradigm that came just by declaring that incitement. Uh, is is the new terrorism? They can now point their guns inward at millions of Americans, whereas before they could only, you know, point them at maybe dozens of Americans who supposedly were aiding and abetting these external terrorists. So that's the the great devil in the details of, of why they're calling incitement the new terrorism. And, and that's why they, they would go after, you know, people that believe in health, for example, like Joseph Mercola, um, because what he's talking about is he, he's, he's going through in this column here, found at lewrockwell.com, and describing the, the mask mandates that, you know, how, how masking came about. He, he walks us through a little bit of the history. He walks us back through the previous year. Um, and so um, I, I think that uh, it's... It, you know, it, I, I just was amazed at how far down uh, the path we have come. And, and, and I'm just thinking about that Chuck Baldwin article again. Just look at what happened in one year's time uh, to our, our liberties and our freedoms and to our mindset here in America uh, just in 2020. And that's what Joseph Mercola, he's helping us see what happened to us 
Um, he, he, he talks about, you know, lamestream media would have you believe that wearing masks uh, helps to protect you and your family and those around you from COVID-19. They would have you believe that this is based on science, but that is simply not true. If science were followed, then universal mask wearing by healthy people would not be recommended. That's the, the, the thing that is so puzzling to me, Sam, is that the, the, the authorities want healthy people to wear masks. It's just unheard of. Not in my lifetime would I have thought that that would ever be imposed, that that thought would fly here uh, in America. The well, that's why they call them mindless mask mm-hmm. mandates, because nobody's thinking they're just complying because they are afraid. Fear has taken over. Uh, when you don't mm-hmm. look to God and have faith, you have fear. And when fear takes over and people panic, they don't know where to go. And then they just simply mindlessly, you know, wear masks, man, wear these masks, regardless of the reality check, scientifically speaking. They're just propagandized by the media and by government bureaucrats to the point of obnoxious or uh, uh, to the point of where it's obnoxious. Uh, but you know what? We've got to stand against it, Lowell. I've got a contrasting story that I find funny that I want to get to before the end of the hour. Um, do you got more on Joseph, Dr. Joseph McCullough's article? Let's finish that. Then I got an interesting tidbit you probably haven't heard. Cool. I love it. Yeah, 90 more seconds just on retracing the history. In, in February of 2020, Surgeon General Jerome Adams told us that masks are not effective. In March, Fauci said people should not be walking around with masks because it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Fauci even pointed out some unintended consequences of mask wearing as people keep fiddling with their masks and they keep touching their face. By June of 2020, mask mandates became the norm, and we were told that everyone had to wear them because there may be, there may be asymptomatic super spreaders among us. And that same, same month, the WHO, the World Health Organization, admitted that asymptomatic transmission was very rare. And by the end of July, Fauci went to the next, to the next extreme, pushing people to wear goggles and full face shields in addition to a mask to protect your eyes, too. And toward the end of November, the asymptomatic spread narrative was effectively destroying, was destroyed by the publication of a Chinese study involving nearly nine Point nine million individuals revealing that not a single case of COVID-19 could be tra- traced to an asymptomatic individual who had tested positive. And so you see this big flip-floppery going on, and uh, it's just ludicrous, Sam. They are not following the science. They are only trying to, to, to test, I believe, the compliance of the people. They're trying to see how compliant you and I will be, Sam, and uh, anyway, great article by Mercola. Reject uh, and the dishonesty, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this is fascinating. Headline says Biden claims that we didn't have a COVID vaccine when he took office. Now, the conservatives are all jumping on Joe and saying, you know what? How dare you? We know that hey, the vaccine came out when Trump was still in office. And so you're just you know, you're an old man and you don't have a clue, Joe. But Biden claims we didn't have a code vaccine when he took office. However, I happen to agree with Joe Biden. I know that's shocking. I know it's uh, impossibly rare. But I submit to you that Joe Biden slips and tells the truth for once. Biden claims we didn't have a COVID vaccine when he took office. And we still don't is the truth. Headline, COVID-19 mRNA shots are legally not vaccines. Dr. Joseph 
Mercola from the last time me and Lowell were on the radio documented. Did you know that MNRA COVID-19 vaccines do not meet the medical definition, the legal definition, or the moral definition of a true vaccine? That's right. They don't prevent the spread or stop the infection of the COCO at all, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? They're really experimental gene therapies. So believe it or not, the conservatives are mocking Joe, but in this case, Joe's right. We didn't have a vaccine when he took office, and we still don't. Lowell? <laughs> That's a great point, Sam. You're exactly right about that. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I bought into the, this notion, you know, making fun of Joe, old Joe, because uh, of basically he lied. But, but you're exactly right, you know. If you can, no, if no, you no, think no. That, I don't know if it was inadvertent, but he's a truth teller, my friend. He admitted it, maybe <laughs> unintentionally. Don't know, but he told you the truth for once. And we need to capitalize on that and mock them for their, again, you got the left and right paradigm of deception. The truth is in the middle. The truth is it is not a vaccine. And therefore, he's right when he says we didn't have one when I took office. He's also right if he admits that we don't have one now. Okay? Yeah. It's not a vaccine, folks. It is a experimental. Let me say that word like three times. Experimental. You need to be aware. It is an experimental gene therapy is all it is. Let's be very clear. And it's a dangerous one, to say the least. Lol, final words yours, brother. That's yeah, for sure. I just wanted to clarify. It was actress Gina Carano who uh, played in the Disney hit movie The Mandalorian. She was uh, fired by Lucasfilm because of her social media posts where she compared Nazi Germany with America today. But she is spot on, Sam. Let's not uh, let hate divide us. Let's let love keep us together, Sam. Love you, brother. Appreciate you. Godspeed, sir. You too, my friend. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Campaignforliberty.org, Lowell Nelson, Mondays and Fridays, first hour of the broadcast. Tremendous award-winning talk radio at your fingertips. For Sam, Lowell, and the crew in the studio, we declare we the people. Along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. Will you get involved and help? This nation shall endure. God save the republic. have you along my fellow americans sam bushman live on your radio hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use no doubt continues now this my fellow americans is the broadcast for february the 19th in the year of our lord 2021 and our goal always to protect life liberty and property and to promote god family and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers Ladies and gentlemen, it is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, our guest, Dr. Scott Bradley. His goal, to preserve the nation. He's even created a collegiate homeschooling curriculum and more. But I'm telling you right now, it's for adults, too. It is collegiate style, folks. Big-time education. You got DVD presentations. 
You got a workbook and a book, a whole lot more to preserve the nation. You want to learn more about it? Get yours today. Freedomsrisingsun.com gets that done. Freedomsrisingsun.com. And you can also, by the way, when you're there, sign up and support him monthly. And what he does for that is puts up more than a thousand educational videos. Q&A's on the Constitution. He also holds weekly live webinars and more. It is a must-see website, ladies and gentlemen. Freedomsrisingsun.com. Dr. Bradley, welcome, my friend. Well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate all you're doing, and uh, I just hope everything is going well with you and yours and, indeed, all of our listeners this morning because uh, there is enough craziness to go around in this old world. I find this fascinating. Headline says, NASA rover lands on Mars to look for signs of ancient life. Um, Number one, Dr. Bradley, do you believe they landed a rover on Mars? Well, I have some grave doubts. Um, You know, uh, Ronald Reagan used to say, trust but confirm. I say distrust until until confirmed. And... uh, so, I, I mean, you know, when haven't they lied to us? And, and they've been on the most momentous of things. Uh, you know, they may, they may have some little dribbly things that are out there somewhere, but everything that I do in-depth study on, I find that the, the modern government approach to things is to uh, deflect the truth. Let's put it that way. Lie through their teeth is probably the way most people would better understand it, but they're, they – they really don't seem to have a propensity to seek after truth. And, and I've told you many times, in front of me all the time when I'm sitting at my desk, there's a plaque that says, it's by George Washington, there is but one straight course, and that is to seek truth and pursue it steadily. And I really believe that uh, we've kind of abandoned that in general as the approach that our government has dealt with uh, the people of the nation. So. You know, I, I guess I have to call it into question. That's a commentary on a really simple question you asked, but my answer, I guess, would be I distrust until verified. <laughs> Mars is about 140 million miles, they say, from Earth, give or take. All right, 140 million miles from Earth, give or take. <sighs> I don't even know how to understand 140 million miles. Do you, doctor? Well, you know, it's a, it's a lot more complex than, you know, lining up a shot and taking it. I mean, this is really weird. <laughs> if you think about this, we're on a spiral, on a spiral, on a spiral, on a spiral is, is what's happening. The Earth is spinning on its axis. The Earth is spinning around the sun. Mars has its axis that it's spinning on. It is spinning around the sun. All of it is traveling through our galaxy in a circular motion, uh, about two-thirds, three-quarters of the way out from the center of our galaxy, everything is spinning in, in a kind of a, a, a well, it, let's put it this way. It takes some really fancy math to figure this out. It's way beyond my pay grade. But the fact of the matter is, 140 million miles, and you're putting the trajectory together like that. I've done some long-range shooting in my day, and that's, you know, child's play over this. But, but when you get way out there a long ways, you know, you're not just talking about bullet drop and gravity. You're talking about the curvature of the Earth, and you're talking about, you know, the um, um, issues of wind and everything else like that. And this is one heck of a long shot. Uh, but 
you know, maybe maybe it can be done. But but you know what? I've been uh, well, I've found statements by those that say we haven't been back to the moon because we don't know how to do it. Now, uh, everything was done back in the '60s with uh, slide rules, and uh, I, you know, I used a slide rule. You know, my <laughs> physics would have been impossible without a slide rule for me. But now they use calculators, handheld calculators that are much more powerful than stuff that was in spacecraft, you know, 50 years ago. But, but somebody, uh, one of the statements I read said that they've lost the formula, basically, on how to get back to the moon, and it's going to have to be re-derived. And I'm saying, oh, if that's the case, wait well, a minute, hold on, miles. hold on, we haven't lost the formula to Coke, but we've lost the formula to going to the moon? Well, you know that. Come on. Hey, wait a minute. That Coke thing has been pretty highly guarded, but uh, but no. Th- I mean, there are some that say we have not got the capability of doing a moonshot again and getting people back. Now that's pretty important. If you're the guy in the tin can that's that's riding out there, uh, you're pretty focused on making sure you get the slingshot around the moon. And well, if you land there and. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of controversy. Hold on. Let me understand. Let me understand. How far is the moon from the Earth? Don't they say it's like 138,000 miles? Oh, I think it's more like a quarter of a million miles. I haven't, you know, looked it up lately, but... I'm going to look it up, but all I'm telling you is we're talking about how far to Mars? Okay, we can't get to the moon because we lost the formula. By golly, we're going to try to get back by, I don't know, some 10-year mode or something like this. Um but literally, it's 140 million miles to Mars, and we can do that, folks. In fact, we're doing it kind of routinely. They make it sound. Don't worry. But yet, how far to the moon? Uh, what I'm saying is it doesn't, at some point, it doesn't equate to me, doctor. I may not be very intelligent. I know some are just like, you know what? Your IQ's low and you're a redneck. Okay, fine. But I just don't see how this all makes sense to me. Something well, like is say, not uh, right. I I have a great deal of skepticism with anything I'm told by the government. And that we've got a lot more simple terrestrial issues that seem to be uh, eluding the truth. In yeah, by words, the way, you're right. It is a quarter of a million miles to the moon. So we can't go to a quarter million miles to the moon with a person, but yet we can go, uh, you know, 140 million miles to Mars. Uh, no problem. We're doing it right now, gentlemen. I just don't, I'm not well, buying it. Well, get, just put in your mind the image that I tried to. I mean, with the, you know, while you're on the radio, you can't see me waving my arms and all this kind of stuff as I try and explain this. But think of all those spinning, uh, the axes that are, are everything spinning on and the multiple issues that are complicated by those spinning axes. And, and you consider how far and the accuracy, it's its a pinpoint in, in, you know, all eternity, basically, that you're trying to get to with all of this uh, bizarre kind of physics and math and everything like that. You know, I think people don't really realize, well, a lot of people maybe have never thought about it, but uh, but the vastness of the of God's creations are just so magnificently awesome. I I often think about, you know, the polar star, the, the one that's, by the way, I teach kids how to tell time using the Polar Star and the Big Dipper, and I tell them you can never be late for a date anymore getting home from a date because now you know how to tell from the stars even if your watch stops. But, 
But that polar star is so far away that the light that you see tonight when you go out and look at it, if you're not overcast, uh, that light left that star 30 years before the pilgrims started planning their journey to North America. And um, it's, it's just astounding to me that light's traveling at 186,000 miles a second. For so the 430 years it's been traveling, it's been steady at that course, and um, it still gets here. And, you know, God's got a program out there, and it is just amazing to think of the expansiveness. And, and, and I guess when I think about those things, it, it makes me kind of, again, make sure I recalibrate the fact that if he holds all this together with the precision that he does and the plan that he has, there, there are solutions to the things that we have if we'll decide to abide by his program rather than our own stupidity. And I, I could have said wisdom, but that absolutely does not uh, apply in the same sentence with God's wisdom. And uh, our humanist perspective today is a chaos theory. Um, it's not of a divine plan. And... Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons we're kind of muddling around like we are on the earth today, you know? Amen to that reality check. Anyway, I just look at these uh, statements that they make, and I know people are going to say, Sam, you know, we love you, buddy, but you've just lost your credibility with this one about the moon or, you know, saying we didn't go to the moon. I don't know factually if we went to the moon or not. I, okay, I just don't have any way to really independently, as you mentioned, verify, doctor. But I will say this about it. I'm not convinced we went. And it seems like everything they've told me is a lie. And the more they double down and insist we went, but the more I see evidence like, well, we lost the blueprints to go again, by golly. Well, we lost the video footage we had to recreate. So we have now not literal footage of going to the moon. We have recreated footage going to the moon. And they lost the original tapes and... Um, you know, this and that. And then a, a, a buddy of mine, uh, literally a journalist, goes and asks them to swear on the Bible if they landed on the moon. And they won't do it. And they beat him up and punch him in the face and, and all this kind of stuff. The more they double down and say they went to the moon but can't really produce evidence, the more I question it. Now they're not talking about the moon. They're talking about Mars instead of thousands of miles away, millions of miles away. It quake, folks. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, 
where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. So it's about 140 million miles to Mars from Earth. The moon is about 250,000 miles from Earth. You know, we're really struggling to go back to the moon, by golly. We lost the blueprints. We don't have the technology there now. And, um, uh, we're working on it, though. Don't worry. Private sector will get there. NASA's going to help and fund it with your taxpayer dollars. We might get it done by 2024. Well, we can't by 2024 because the cocoa hit. So sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We're working on it. Um, but don't worry. We just landed on Mars, and pictures are coming back soon. I don't mean to be offensive. I just something just is it almost a demonstration to see how, how outlandish they can make the stories and we'll accept them, doctor? Is that kind of where we're at? You know, I don't know as they have to prove anything. I mean, I I look at almost everything that has happened, and and we are so blasted gullible, so naive, or, or just plain willfully ignorant. I, I don't know what the, the real answer is, but, um, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know if your kids or grandkids or whatever ever watched that movie Ghostbusters, and at the end, they asked the little accountant guy if they can take a brain, a sample of his brain tissue. And he said, oh, yeah, sure, fine, that'll be good. It's like, you know, that's kind of an invasive and intrusive kind of activity, taking your brain tissue samples. And we're just fine with that. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, last night I was reviewing, and it's, you know, why did I do it? I don't know. But I was reviewing um, in the book of Daniel, the, the third chapter. And, uh, you know, the king makes this big gold statue, and everybody, when they hear the music sport start, is supposed to fall down and worship it. You know, fall down and worship it. Now, I don't know if that meant they just kind of flopped on their faces or if they kneeled down and bowed to it. I don't know what it was, but the, the term used is fall down, okay? And and I just am struck with the fact that, that we fall, or we're supposed to anyway, and I don't, but and I'm pretty confident you don't, but... But most Americans fall down and worship the idols that we've made our false gods today. You know, the, the physicians, the researchers, the scientists, the big pharma, the politicians, the manufacturers. We fall down and worship them on a completely, really unproven technology that has never been used on humans before, has never been found successful, developed at warp speed, and that they've they've had similar desire to do something else with other viruses, like the common cold and the AIDS and HIV thing. But in a few months, it was developed and put into production and delivered. And we're saying, yeah, there's some side effects, you know, that might include death. And, and, uh, and they do have actual, you know, 
growing number of cases of that. But other things that it's almost like, well, I'd rather be dead than have these things. But we're supposed to fall down and worship it and say, thank you, thank you, uh, an answer to prayers. And, and I think that the, our real, the real prayer hearing God is, is um, a lot more powerful than those scientists and physicians and, and uh, researchers and big pharma companies that are going to make bazillions of dollars off of this. And, oh, by the way, they're telling you now, well, you may have to get the vaccine at least three injections to get it going. And then uh, we don't know if it's every three months or, or every, you know, 90 days, uh, a year, I mean, whatever. Oh, man, and it's going to it's going to mutate. And, oh, my heck, I just don't know how we're going to. And it's just a never-ending story that uh, we're going to stay on our knees the whole time for. Oh, and I saw a couple of days ago, I saw a, a um, an interview on CNN with uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and he said, well, when you're fully vaccinated, you're still going to have to wear the mask, and you should social distance, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason for that is that there's a high chance that you'll still able to be infected, but probably you won't feel any symptoms, but you could infect other people, so you should wear the mask. And it's like, wait, 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 how is this different from what they're telling us it already is? Eighty percent of the people that get it, they, they're asymptomatic and unlikely to infect others, but, but at least they're asymptomatic. And this vaccine is going to make you asymptomatic, but you're still going to get it. And, and the idea that you might still project it to someone else through a mask that, um, that is like a, I've heard it likened to filtering a mosquito through a chain link fence. You know, none of this makes any sense. We are, again, I'm coming back to your comment. Are they just having to see how gullible we really are? I think we're so gullible it does not even, we're not on the scale anymore. We have gone. I, I totally you know, agree. And, and just so you know, NASA says it takes nine months to get to Mars. Okay. So if you jumped in well, there, that, buddy, as long as it takes for a woman to have a baby, it takes you to get to Mars, buddy. Well, and then, you know, again, <laughs> if I was in the tin can flying out there, I'd want to know what it would take to get me back. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, the, I, I'm sure there are people who say, well, I, I would I, just to take the trip, I'd you know, be willing to risk my life, whatever it would be, I'm sure. But um, but the fact of the matter is the things we cherish are the things that we've been granted here. And, and uh, I'm not so sure that we're going to find that to be an, a welcoming environment. I don't know. Let me ask know. you this. If we can really send a craft to Mars. Wouldn't you think going to the moon by now, 50 years later, it'd be like a routine thing? Like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to Disney World for my vacation. Somebody else is like, I'm going to check out the moon. It's kind of an, you know, uh, an intense event, but I'm going to, but I'm going to, it'd be like skydiving, right? I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, waive my insurance and I'm going to go. Uh, you would think it would be like that right now, but we can't even go there, sir. Well, that seems to be the, the case. I mean, they say, well, we've been there and done that, so we don't need to do it anymore. But, you know, clear back in the 60s, literally, there was, there was discussions of moon bases from there. I mean, launches from there that would, you know, not have some of the challenges, perhaps, you know, with the terrestrial gravity we have on the Earth and so on. It would be, you know, there was technology they said was being developed to put permanent colonies on, on the moon and 
And, uh, you know, the moon is an interesting observation point. Uh, we, we got the same face of the moon, you know, that are, is looking towards the Earth constantly. And if, if you were going to use it as a, you know, space station observation point for the Earth, I mean, whether it was for military purposes or whether it was for weather watching or whatever, it would be an unbelievable technological advantage to be viewing it from there and, and have that kind of capability. But, but it just didn't happen. It, it just kind of... All right, now let me, let me explain this to you. They say it, it would take nine months for a person to get to Mars with current, quote, technology, okay? We cannot go to the moon. You understand that, right? They want to, they will soon, but they can't go to the moon. You know that. All right, now listen to this, though. <clears throat> so then they tell you how nail-biting it was to land this sucker on Mars. And then they say this, which I find fascinating. Help me comprehend this. I'm not very smart, doctor. Then it said it took a tension-filled 11 and a half minutes for the signal to reach Earth per the Associated Press, quote, touchdown confirmed. Now, the signal takes 11 and a half minutes to get from Mars to here, but you can't that's go. It would take 6,000 miles a second. That, that's at that speed. Okay, so do the math. Yep, it's a long ways. <laughs> but I'm looking at that, yeah. though, and I'm saying uh, something doesn't make sense there either. Because well, how there, does the signal, that, how well, does the signal be, get from A to B? Well, the you know the physics behind the radio signal and everything they say is well understood with the speed of light, you know, 186,000 miles a second and everything else like that. And and there are people that are absolutely they'll take it to the mat. Uh, you're an idiot if you believe otherwise, kind of thing. That they believe that no, but hold on a minute now. The universe. How far do we got to go through space and what makes it propel and continue? What makes it amplify or continue? And they want you to believe that, oh, well, it doesn't need to. It's just by space. It doesn't have all those, quote, atmospheric characteristics. And so it can just go, what, forever? Is that the deal? Well, there's, there's people that, that would say that because of the, uh, you know, the voidness of, of space, there's, there's a, you know, an indication that there would be less you know, if you will, attenuating uh, matter on Less there, drag on the signal. Yeah. But, but no, right? I... Right, because attenuating, attenuating and, in radio technology is kind of drag or slowdown or la- lowering of, of level or volume. I'm trying to put it in uh, the average Joe's vernacular, right? But what I'm saying is that so it never loses any mojo in 200... It, or, I'm sorry, in 140 million miles, and then even when it hits the atmosphere, it doesn't peter out in any way. It just, like, rocks right on through. Like, coming in clear, roger that, sir. It doesn't make any sense to me. I Well, yeah, and then there's another little interesting thing that's even closer to home. Uh, you know, the Van Allen belts are a highly radioactive set of belts. Hey, man, can radio uh, signals go through the Van Allen belt, my friend? Well, that's a, that's another issue that you know the distortion and the deflection and everything like that. But, but hang tight, Liberty Roundtable Live, Doctor. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Lance Price. The massive electric power outage in Texas brought on by extreme winter weather has started a blame game with elected officials pointing the finger at renewable energy resources and green energy policies. Renewables only supply about 20% of Texas electricity. Power has been restored to nearly 2 million homes across Texas. There continues to be approximately 325,000 Texas homes without power Friday morning. Senator Ted Cruz, a Republican from Texas, defended taking a family vacation to Cancun, Mexico, after critics accused him of abandoning his constituents at the height of a catastrophic winter. Whether the decision uh, to go was tone deaf, look, it, it was obviously a mistake, and in hindsight, I, I wouldn't have done it. I was trying to be a dad. Mr. Cruz is a senator and not a first responder, and all issues regarding the state are being handled by the governor. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. We are USA Radio News. We've all heard it. Eat healthy. But what does eating healthy mean? Sure, there are countless diets out there, but they contradict each other. Yet all experts agree we should eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables. Whole fruits and vegetables are the perfect fuel to power the cells in your body, giving you the stamina you need to handle your day-to-day activities. And that's what Balance of Nature is. Whole fruits and vegetables delivered to you in a convenient capsule form for only 22 cents a serving. Our proprietary blend has no additives or fillers, just the full nutritional value of a variety of 31 different fruits and vegetables. Balance of Nature provides you with a natural energy boost without a caffeine crash, a 3 o'clock slump, or an early bedtime. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself by going to balanceofnature.com or by calling 1-800-2468-751 and use discount code USA. Dr. Fauci says teachers should be a priority for the COVID-19 vaccine. USA Radio News Tim Berg reports. White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci says teachers should no doubt be prioritized for the COVID-19 vaccine. But I think to say that you're not going to open up schools until every single one of the teachers get vaccinated, namely making it a sine qua non of opening, I don't think that we can go there. Otherwise, it would be very difficult to get the schools open. Fauci continuing by saying the focus should beyond reopening schools and creating a safe environment there amid the coronavirus pandemic. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. Bob Dole, the former Kansas senator and 1996 Republican presidential nominee, announced on Thursday that he has stage four lung cancer. In a statement, Mr. Dole said his first treatment will begin on Monday. Dole recognized he certainly has some hurdles ahead, but added he joins millions of Americans who face significant health challenges of their own. USA Radio News. All right, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. So let me kind of understand this. I researched this a little bit on the break, Dr. Bradley, and I know it sounds like we're going through just a rabbit trail, a waste of time. People are going, man, your credibility was up there, Stan, until you started talking about the moon and Mars. Now, you know, you think you know more than the scientists. No, I don't think I know more than the scientists. I do think I have legitimate questions, though, that I don't have satisfactory answers to. All right, so headline says, touchdown. I say not. NASA rover lands on Mars to look for signs of ancient life. Now, they say it takes nine months to go to Mars, uh, but yet the uh, you know, radio waves can get here in like 11 and a half minutes. Okay, fine. They travel at the speed of light. I get it. But here's my problem. If you dig in 
and read about what they say. We can't go to the moon. Golly, we lost the blueprints, but we can go to Mars 140 million miles away. But the moon, 250,000 miles away, we can't really go to. Now, listen to this, doctor, because this really fascinates me. They say all of the communication between Mars and Earth goes through satellites. And then they say because of the distance, there's a big delay. And then they go on and they say... um, they say, you know, a phone call wouldn't be practical because it takes, you know, eight, t- 11 and a half minutes for uh, whatever. It'd be like a really long 30 minute um, round trip or whatever you want to say uh, communication. But if the um, if the communications all go through satellites, how high up are the satellites? Do you have any idea, doctor? Well, if they're geostationary, they have a certain uh, uh, distance from the Earth they have to be so that they kind of synchronized with the Earth's uh, yes. circular movement. And it, let's say it's uh, uh, let's say it's 400 miles, I don't know. But uh, but the satellite does also uh, inject something of a propagation delay uh, for both, uh, you know, I'm sure the propagation delay between Mars and the satellite because of the, the distance and the time involved, and then satellite to Earth kind of propagation delay. There's discussion with Tesla and some of the, not, you know, not Tesla, what's it, Elon Musk, he does the Tesla car, yes. about low-Earth orbit satellites that will basically ra- irradiate the whole Earth constantly, and they do handoff between satellites uh, so that you can keep a, uh, you know, a modicum of, of uh, seamless communication. But it depends on the elevation or the altitude of the satellite above the Earth uh, for, for uh, how long that propagation delay would be. So I don't know exactly which ones are bouncing it off, to tell you the truth. But what's the highest satellite in the sky? I mean, you're talking about low Earth orbit, high Earth orbit, and all this stuff, right? Yeah, I'm guessing there's a 400 miles, uh, you know, something of that order. I I have no idea, though, to tell you the truth. But but this, it's... Something that I guess I haven't done much research in. (laughs) I'm certainly not your subject matter expert on the thing. That's for darn sure. Anyway, I I look at this and I just don't understand, though. We're going to use a satellite for the communications between Earth and Mars? And I'm kind of going, wait a minute now. I'm, I'm I get it's a relay the relay point. point. It, the it is a relay point, but, but I don't I don't get the value of that relay point. Like it's got to be way lower. Why not use the moon for a relay point? Well, that's what they were talking about doing when I was young back in the sixties. I know, they, but they, they can't get it done, buddy. They they lost the boot, but they, they can't even. So no, not only can we not put a human on the moon, but we can't even put like a relay point broadcast transmitter on the moon, can we? Or else we would have done it. You would think. Why would we use a satellite? Is a satellite lower than the moon? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no question. Okay. So, see, how dumb am I? We're going to use this low satellite thing when we could literally have the moon as the launch point? No, even if we don't put a a human back on the moon, can't we put our relay point back on the moon? Whatever that satellite is, satellite's just floating around, right? But you could put something on the moon that could be a fixed relay point that would be much more stable, much further into the realm of space, right? I mean, am I just stupid as all get out? Am I just dumber than dirt? Well, it, it is 
pretty high level physics and math. I just did a look up while you were talking. The majority, this is what it states, uh, the majority of satellites orbiting the Earth do so at altitudes between 160 and 2,000 kilometers. So, you know, you do the difference in kilometers and everything and, and miles, but the fact of the matter is this orbital regime is called low Earth orbit. The satellite's relative closeness to the Earth. Satellites in low Earth orbit typically take between 90 and two hours, 90 minutes and two hours to complete one full orbit around the Earth. So, I mean, that's and that's the problem too is that the satellites, as they're going around the Earth, uh, they go out of view of. of so, so let me understand this. We're not going to use the Moon, even though we can get there like routinely, right? Well, you'd think, you know, I mean, you, you used without to a person, to. we can get there routinely. Okay, we're not going to use that point uh, that we've charted for decades and has a standard orbital reality and, 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 and a fixed understanding. We're going to have our own little craft floating around in space that's tiny, and it's going to be a better shot for communications for a relay point uh, than the moon. You're, you're, I'm just telling you right now, you're not making any sense to me with this whole idea. It's insanity. Well, like I say, um, discount or distrust until verified. I, the, the whole thing is, is really uh, questionable, and, and it's more questionable in my mind because of our historical – I mean, you know, you can say scientifically this thing just doesn't make any sense, but, but the, the uh, questionable part even begins for me a lot sooner than that. I mean, whether you're talking about a Gulf of Tonkin incident or a – or a 9-11 attack uh, on the Pentagon, or you're talking about something like a COVID virus, or you're talking about, you know, the Kennedy assassination, or you're talking about the Oak City thing, or you're talking, I mean, almost any subject you pick that had some, uh, if it wasn't cataclysmic, it was at least kind of a, uh, a marking point in our history for, as a hinge point for things that have happened. And uh, I, the, the deeper the investigation I do on all of these things, the more I find that the substance that we're presented with is really questionable, and there's a lot more to the stories than, than we possibly are being fed by the lame brain media and our government officials. And, and one of the things that really amazes me is that, honestly, those that sit in office that you would think would have some kind of flavor feeling for curiosity at the very least at discovering the truth that seem to be totally either bought off or maybe they're just completely disinterested in, in what life's all about. I don't know. But uh, nobody seems to be willing to pursue things to, to the full truth. As, as Washington said, one straight course, seek truth, pursue it steadily. And uh, I, I don't know. Inquiring minds, right, Sam? <laughs> yes. Um, and I know people are going to mock me and say, Sam, you know what? Why spend so much time on this with a good doctor? Why why do you just beat on this when it's such a debatable, controversial topic? And, I mean, the science has been settled, Sam, and you're, you're so up in the night to even question this. I mean, you don't have a degree. You're not a mathematical expert. You're not a... Uh, a scientist, you're, you're, you're not an astronaut, you're, you're, you don't work for NASA, you really don't even know what you're talking about. And man, this just puts out your ignorance on the radio worldwide, Sam. I, I don't know why you'd 
But I got to stop you for a second and say this. At some point, they've told us so many lies. And then they claim we're into conspiracy. And when we talked about UFOs for years, they said, you're up in the night crazy. You're, you're whacked out nuts on parade. And now we realize with FOIA documents and freedom of information and declassification and everything else, they've now come out and said, yes, you know what? UFOs are real. The government's tracked them and monitored them and been concerned about them and has actually received some crashed um, uh, you know, devices or whatever you want to call them, ships or whatever word to use. I don't even know what to use, UFOs. And they've actually analyzed some of them, and they've got a lot of data on it, and it's now being declassified, and now it turns out that we were correct. All right, and they lied to us and told us we were nuts on parade. The military was involved all the way through. And so now when you get this, you go, wait a minute. And if we expose this lie, the question becomes if this is a lie, and it's a big if, I get it, but what else have they lied to us about? And at some point, if we keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, we will expose these lies too. And once we expose enough lies or big enough lies, if you will, then they um, will have their credibility on the altar for everything. In other words, I'm predicting, and I don't know when. I'm not going to put a time on it, but I'm predicting we expose one of their big lies so much to where most people will never be able to trust government again. And that's a sad tale to tell, but I'm predicting it. I don't know if it'll be the coronavirus that exposes it, that big lie. I don't know if it'll be going to the moon or going to Mars. Or if it'll be uh, you know, assassinations, if it'll be uh, 9-11, if it'll be... I mean, I don't know what big event. I don't know if they'll come back and tell you the earth is flat. I mean, I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but at the same time, is there truth to that theory? Okay, and you could say, man, you built a bridge too far this time, Sam. And I say, have I or have they? Dr. Scott Bradley responds in seconds. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. 
And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so they say my credibility is on the line, but you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Whose credibility is on the line? As we ask more questions and get more data and more information, it starts to become serious. I'm questioning this satellite idea. Why would we use a satellite relay point, some teeny little thing in space <clears throat> that you would have a hard time getting to or retrieving or doing anything with at a lower altitude than something that you could put on the moon? Or something that you could mount on the space station, even, for that matter. I don't understand why you would have a teeny, 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 teeny floating device that moves while we move when you could uh, have it on the moon or have it on uh, the space station. Or, uh, so th- it doesn't make any sense to me. And you could say, well, Sam, we can scientifically explain anything away that you bring up. You know what? At some point, though, your narrative's going to go south. At some point, just like we caught you on UFO lies and you said we're crazy and conspiracy theorists, now, once we expose yours, you're going to just say we're, um, uh, what, inciting mistrust? What will be the next thing? Where do we go here, doctor? Now they're saying that we're all inciting violence and that we're domestic terrorists and a domestic threat and uh, incitement is the new terrorism. You know, it's it's interesting that they are redefining all the terminology, you know, from anything you call a terrorist to uh, inciting to, I mean, the, the words of the Constitution. And, and you know, back in his day, uh, Mark Twain, uh, he, he put an aphorism out, and it was lies, damned lies, and statistics. And uh, and, and it's, it's kind of how it seems that things are obfuscated to us uh, mere peons in our society. And it's interesting to me that back during the, uh, you know, the Nazi era in the 30s and 40s in Germany, uh, there was a kind of a chief Nazi propaganda guy that was over, you know, that made sure that the propaganda was fed out according to the party line, if you will. His name was Joseph Goebbels. And he said, if you tell a lie, this is a rough translation from German, if you tell a lie, big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. And that's kind of where we have gone in, in this country. You know, you, you tell this living Constitution lie. The Constitution is what the Supreme Court says it is. I mean, these are lies that have been repeated and repeated and repeated, and, and they're taught in, in the public education system to the point that that, that there is no foundation left. And, and if you look at the secular humanists manifestos, uh, you find that a, a basic tenet of that is that uh, ethics is situational and autonomous, meaning they can make something ethical based upon the situation and its standalone status. And, and so this is kind of the world we're in right now, and, and the uh, bizarre things that have been going on are based upon a, a shifting sand of, of what agenda they're trying to put out. And, you know, the space stuff, like I say, we've got terrestrial challenges right now that, that we are absolutely uh, locked down on. I mean, we whether it's a coronavirus lockdown, literally, or you think about uh, the 
weapons of mass destruction that they supposedly had that we got lied about in Iraq that were never there, not there, done, and we, we committed to this trillion plus trillions of dollars worth of effort, or the Gulf of Tonkin, which I brought up earlier from 19, August of 1964, that the, the attack that didn't happen that caused us to kill 58,000 of our people and maim hundreds of thousands of our people and kill probably two to three million Vietnamese on, it didn't happen. It was a dark, quiet night until we opened fire because of some, uh, well, th there was an agenda being done on it, but it was foisted upon the American people. Well, and you got to look at the USS the Liberty US in light of that as well. Well, the, Liber the Liberty event in 1968, sure, every everything that has been, like I say, they've already crossed the, the Rubicon, if you will, in my mind, about the credibility of government-sponsored or government-mandated or government uh, truisms that have been published. I mean, you, you look at the trade towers falling down. Well, you look at Building 7. I mean, it was like, what, 47 stories tall, a great big building. The tallest building in the state of Utah is 28 stories, so it's almost twice as tall as that. It falls down. It didn't get hit by an airplane. There's no facade about that. There's, they had a couple little office fires in it that, I mean, and, and suddenly it, the plug gets pulled, as the words were used, and it falls down to the speed of gravity in its own footprint. And, and there's not even a discussion of that in the 9-11 Commission report. I mean, they, they completely, they either obfuscate or ignore, and then, in my opinion, they, they spin. They put their... Uh, agenda-driven spin on things, and, and, and this, and we're all over the board, I know that, but but this... But this you know what, Doctor, this, we are going to eventually call a halt to this con game. We are going to get to the truth, uh, like we have on everything else. The truth has a way of coming out and writing itself, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't believe me, just look at the uh, UFO thing. They lied and lied. I mean, they told you how kooky we were and how crazy and conspiracy theory. I mean, unhinged. And they went on and on. And now NASA and the government and the CIA and whatever, due to declassification of documents, admit to it all. Right? Well, and you'd think and you'd hope that there would be enough inquiring minds, if you will, in, in the American public, but... But honestly, uh, we have a mutual friend that, that says that, um, you know, if the toilet flushes and the channel changer works and there's beer in the fridge, most Americans don't look far beyond that. And, and one thing that I have found, and, and, you know, as you well know, our Utah legislature is, is in session right now, and there, there's many other legislatures that are too, and this could be a universal malady uh, that we all face, in that that we have unthinking people passing bills. See, in Utah, and I'll just use that as an example, we probably have between eleven and 1,200 new bills being submitted for passage in a 45-day session, okay? People can't read them. I, I, there's one bill that I have put out a, a statement on, and it's, uh, it's 57 pages long, 1,763 lines. And it's an egregious violation of both the Utah Constitution and the United States Constitution. And yet the people are throwing them out. And, and nobody, including our legislators, takes the time to fully evaluate. They don't connect the dots. People don't look beyond the end of their nose most of the time. And that's one of the big problems, I think, in America is that we, we don't connect the dots. We don't look for the long-term effects that are going to happen. And... 
and and we're we're just so fixated on the moment. I guess I don't know what it is. That I have uh, one last question for you for this hour. Here it is. Say again. How many conspiracy? Okay. Uh, here's my question to end the hour. How many conspiracy okay. theories that they claim are theories will end up conspiracy fact when it's all said and done? I personally have stopped calling them conspiracy theories or conspiracy theorists and, and started calling them uh, truth seekers. I mean, that's, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that, that almost everything that we find someone poo-pooed because it was a conspiracy theory. And that's a that's an ad hominem attack that's a discounting approach to things. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. We can put you in this shelf and set you there in a box, and you're, you're, oh, no, we don't need to listen to you anymore. But the fact of the matter is that if you seek out these things to the nth degree, if you read the Warren Commission report or if you read the, the 9-11 report or if you examine what happened in, in Saddam Hussein's uh, weapons of mass destruction or even the so-called um, egregious violations of humanity when when Assad in Syria uh, did these uh, the bombings of his own people. Absolutely insane in every case. But Donald Trump sent millions upon millions of dollars worth of missiles at, at each given time those happened against Assad in a civil war that was happening among his own people that we created ISIS in as the opposing force to Assad at the behest of those that wanted to overthrow Assad, we got involved in this, and, and we continue to give credibility to the people that sit in high office when they lie through their teeth to us on virtually everything. And again, you know, there, there's stuff that court or the uh, maybe the judgment is still out on in regards to was this a lie or was that a lie? I, I don't have all knowledge and, and able to embrace all of those things. But those that I have pulled on all the strings on, I have come to discover that there's an overwhelming case to be made that if their lips are moving, they're lying. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, there's, they've got a big credibility gap. But most Americans aren't willing to do the investigation. I look at, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many calls I've received in recent times in regards to getting rid of Mitt Romney, the senator from Utah, because of the shenanigans that he's pulling in the minds of the people that are mad at him. And it's like, well, what did you guys think you were getting when you voted for him? Uh, well, he deceived me. No, he didn't. You knew what he was when you picked him up. It's kind of like the old rattlesnake story and the kid on the mountain, you know. The rattlesnake bikes the kid after he gets off the mountain, after he's warmed up. Uh, it's a story we'll tell if you're interested. But the point of the matter is, if you're willing to do your investigation, you knew what you were getting. And, but people don't. They won't. It's, it's like way too much effort. And it really doesn't take that much effort to say, hmm, I'm going to do a reasoned analysis of this with original sources. And pretty soon you have a pretty good picture of where this whole mess is going. That, that, you know, again, we the people have a responsibility to inform ourselves and follow the path and, uh, and see it to the end. Pursue it steadily. Seek truth and pursue it steadily. That's what George Washington told us. And that's my admonition to everybody on every topic, whether it's about God, whether it's about morality, whether it's in an educational setting, anything. It's certainly a political setting. 
And uh, we've got to become astute students, if you will, with uh, devoted efforts and, and quit worrying too much about, you know, our, our friend Chuck Baldwin talked about the effort of Biden to come against our guns. You see, you've got to quit worrying about, you know, your golf score or whatever you're spending all your time on right now. Start paying attention to what we're losing in this land at this very moment. So, yeah, that's, that's what it takes. And Americans, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Well, one of my uh, mentors in radio, Jerry Hughes, used to like my show and listen to it and say, you know what, Sam, one of the things that I like about you as a host is you always bring up pertinent, poignant, practical, pressing questions. And you know what? That's what I want to do here today. Whether you agree we went to Mars or not, whether you agree we went to the moon or not, really isn't the point. Whether you agree with conspiracy theories or conspiracy fact, or whether you call us truth seekers or or you know nuts on parade, whatever you say, say what you choose, my fellow Americans. But learn to open up your mind and think. And learn to understand that you may believe something is the way it is, only to find out you've been schnookered. And the UFO point is poignant enough to prove it. Okay? They told you we were crazy, and now NASA, the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, I could go on and on and on, space programs, whatever you want to say, the Pentagon, they all admit UFOs have reality to them. Where they come from is another debate. But they all admit that it was not just a conspiracy theory, that it's true. Um, take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it and learn to open up your mind and become a truth seeker, would you please? For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman and our crew in the studios, thank you so much. We declare this nation shall endure and together we shall restore the republic. Will you help us? God save the Republic of the United States of America.